Welcome to the Whatever Podcast with Mark Deal, Episode 2, Talking Music with Dean Bridgman. Hey folks, thanks for dropping by again. I'm your host, Mark Deal. On today's episode, we're going to be talking music with Big Red Flag's Dean Bridgman. And uh, if you want to check out Big Red Flag, they're on Facebook. And you can also find their website, bigredflagband.com. Check them out. Uh, we're going to be talking lots of music with him. And then later in the show, we've got a, a segment that I, I hope to be a regular segment on our shows where... I'm sitting around with the family, and we're just talking about books that we're reading. But first, let's talk some music. Hey, Dean, how you doing? Doing great, Mark. How are I, you? I'm good. Good, good. Glad, glad you agreed to be on the show. Well, I'm honored. It's, okay. it's going to be fun. Yeah. So let's, let's jump right into it. Your band, Big Red Flag, Ragtime Gypsy Grass. is. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um did you have a question about that? No, it's, I was, <laughs> it's just an interesting description. I think it's an accurate description. Well, it, it was it, it was born of the question uh, that talent buyers and uh, club owners want to know, what kind of music do you play? Basically, they're looking for the singular pigeonhole that they can put you in. Typically, they're looking for blues, rock, country um, metal cover. Well, some, you know, some, but the, you know, even if it's original music, yeah. they still like it to be easily, uh, categorized. And that makes sense because they have to know what audience that it's going to appeal to. But the truth of it is, is that what we're doing is a little bit more diverse than any of that. It's, um, it's spread out across multiple genres, uh, all kinds of different kinds of music from different parts of the world. So it truly is a little bit of a, a whole host of different elements thrown in there. So it's not really served well with one individual title. So after several days of writing down different names and scratching <laughs> through those, I was out on a hike one day and just thought, ragtime gypsy grass. That's, that's definitely uh, it's, it's a pretty fair assessment of what we do. Y'all all acoustic? Most of the time? We are. Um, in meaning that we could set up on a street corner in a living room or on a, a big stage somewhere. We have the same sort of sound. We don't have all of the rock and roll accoutrement with big amps, effects boards. We don't have any of that. It's very organic, um, just meant to sound the way it would as if we were in your living room. So it's all acoustic, um, acoustic guitars, mandolin, banjo, accordions. Uh, we have two accordion players. Not that, that we don't want that to scare anybody, but, uh, <laughs> but we do have two. And, I, I and they accordion. switch off. Man, I think the accordion is very underrated and ill-served in uh, bar band music these days. But um, we also have an acoustic bass. And then we have Paul on uh, percussion, 
because it's it's not a traditional drum set. He plays all kinds of handheld dilly whackers. Uh, that's not the technical term, but <laughs> but um, and he he plays you know something that's to accent a particular song. Yeah, he played a box the other night at the. <laughs> yeah, I believe the Kajon, uh as it as it as it's called. Um, just to me, it looks like he's just beating on a block of wood with his hands. But he, being the uh, accomplished artist that he is, he makes it sound quite rhythmic and gets a lot of different tones and feelings out of that wood. So, uh, oh, and piano. Um, Nick plays piano. A lot of the guys are multi-instrumentalists, so uh, I forgot to mention Preston's banjo, too. So six guys all together. Several of them are multi-instrumentalists, so there's a great chance I forgot something. But the underlying <laughs> common denominator is that it is all acoustic music. Okay. How long have you been a band? A Big Red Flag. Um, Big Red Flag, it came to be uh, around 2014. Um, I had just moved back from uh, a seven-year stint living abroad. Um, I believe I moved back from South Korea in 2014, I had been an English teacher there for a good number of years. And when I came back, um, I was looking to get back into Little Rock's music scene on some level and called some of the old friends from bands gone by. And we got together, hammered through some of the old songs, and I introduced them to some of the new things that I had been working on while I was living abroad. And, uh, man, that old chemistry was still there, like with Gordon Allison and Nick Shaver, um, two guys that I've been playing music with for about 18, 20 years now, you know, off and on while I was, you know, living in country before I moved overseas. But it was like we never missed a beat. We got right back together and just still had that, you know, whatever you call it uh, that makes it go. And we started out with the three of us. Um, that grew as we added on a stand-up bass player. And probably around 2015, man, we started doing all the open mics. Definitely started grassroots, uh, bottom, you know, square one. <laughs> so we hit the open mics, did that, slowly just started working our way up the food chain. So started in 2014, and here we are, 2019, and still have goals, dreams, and aspirations. But uh, that's that's when the ball got rolling. Cool. Yeah, y'all are working on uh, an album, a CD. I never know what to call it anymore. I, I, I still just call, started. I still call it albums because. I listen yeah. to vinyl. <laughs> I, I like to say we're putting together a new record. Yeah. <laughs> but the truth is I don't, I don't know how it's going to physically manifest. Uh, we have been working at Capital View Studio here local in town with a sound, sound engineer, guru extraordinaire, Mr. Mark Colbert, who uh, most people know as the sound guy at Rev Room. So most shows that come through there, Mark's the guy that makes it all sound amazing. He does and, a good uh, job there. Yeah, man, he does. And he's just an all-around nice dude. I very much enjoyed working with him. We've been working with him since last October. It's just been a tedious, long, drawn-out process getting everyone on the same page for an hour here, an hour there, because we all have day jobs and, you know, so mm -hmm. and with, you know, jobs, wives, kids, 
all of that. So this is kind of the thing we do when, every, when all of that has been taken care yeah. of. So it's been a bit of a process. We have 12 songs um, in the can. Uh, I guess that's tech jargon for just about done. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're about to move into final mixing with those. And then once we do, we'll send those off to one of Mark's buddies in Austin, Texas, to get them mastered. And then once we have them mastered, I really don't know. Um, I am debating whether it's worth it to print up physical CDs. A lot of people don't listen to CDs anymore. Yeah. Uh, vinyl's cool, and for the uh, collector, it's a nice piece to have. Yeah, I would, I would like an album. But it's, but. it's prohibitively <laughs> expensive for us right yeah. now. I, I am doing some research into uh, places that will print up you know, a handful here and there, they don't have like 50, uh, 50 item minimums. Yeah. So they do make it accessible for folks like us on our level, but you do have to want it and you do have to kind of save your pennies and set a little gig money aside to accommodate yeah. that. So there ought to be a print on demand album factory. You there know, is like, like there's print on demand t-shirts and all sorts of stuff. I'm finding out there's a there that there are people out there startups that can accommodate that, but again, you you don't get the advantage of volume discounts. Yeah. So the fewer you buy, the more each unit costs. And right now, you know, I would love to have one just for my own sake of that little vanity trophy, if you will. But more than likely, we'll we'll put them out there on streaming services, maybe. Uh, CD Baby, mm -hmm. which is an opportunity if people want, they can go and actually pay for the music um, and give a little something That's back nice, to it. <laughs> Man, it is. And, and uh, you know, paying for music, what a concept. We, we really strayed far, far away from that where people take for granted that it's just, uh, you know, like the air we breathe. It's just there for the taking and not really giving much thought into how the artist or a band came to, to to do all that it takes to have 12 songs, 90 minutes of original music. And so, you know, once you decide how you're going to distribute that, it's, I don't know, it's a process. It's, I miss the days in the 90s when we could at least put out a CD mm -hmm. and there was no streaming and, you know, folks would come to the shows and, you know, it was you know, a given that we would sell five, six, seven CDs at a, at a whack. That was how they took us home in their, in their pockets or purses and listened to it till the next, uh, till the next go round, till they got a chance to see us live again. Yeah. So I tend to do that when I see a, a local band, if they're selling CDs and I don't have it, I pick it up. That's Cause a, I, I still like, I like something physical. I, you know, I like, I like CDs and like I said, I like albums. I've got a bunch of albums. I've probably got six, seven hundred albums. Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've followed your collecting and your purchase, uh, your purchases, your purchase choices uh, over the years. And uh, I realized several years ago that we had very similar tastes in music just from the albums that you were posting about that you bought. And Except apparently Mark Knopfler. <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm, work, I'm working on you. I'm working on a playlist for you to listen to. I can come around, his, man. From I his older stuff. But, um, 
Yeah. Oh, tactile things. And I, I love records too. I I miss the days of having an album in hand, pulling it out of the sleeve, setting it on the record player, setting the needle on it, that little bit of a hiss right before the first note comes on. I used to read them. I could tell you who produced it, who did this, who did what. I felt like I had a real personal relationship around the band and the and the people in the band though I would never meet them and you know they weren't really accessible to me as people <laughs> but as but as characters whose work I enjoyed I certainly identified with that mm-hmm. and then CDs came along and it got harder to have that tactile experience to read liner notes and the album art got smaller and smaller and now we're at a point where music just exists out in the ether and and I, I truly miss that tactile yeah. sensation of buying it, unwrapping it, putting it on the table. All those steps I just talked to earlier. It's kind of the ritual of yeah. it, I guess. But we're old. We're old, <laughs> dino- know, we're old yeah. dinosaurs. But, you know. I'm really happy for hipsters. <laughs> I'm glad hipsters came along and brought vinyl back at least. Vinyl's back, man. I understand. <laughs> cassettes are uh, are coming back too, uh, and I don't. Even... I don't want any cassettes or a tracks. Or <laughs> I never wanted cassettes. I, I fished more cassettes out of my tape deck than I ever cared to remember. I never once had to fish a record out of my record player because it shredded. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll never yeah, convince never me. Never had to use a pencil to to re- 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 rewind. Spool it. No. Yeah. So you'll never convince me that tapes were as good as records. No. But, uh, you know, there's speaking of eight tracks, uh, I was advised that there are people out there going full retro and buying eight tracks and erase, somehow erasing them and re-recording over them. Huh. So the real cool youngster bands are, you know, they're probably peddling those eight tracks eight again. Tracks. Oh. It's, it's just, a, you know, another element of that awesome DIY work ethic yeah. that uh, it's been a hallmark of music local music for sure i guess since day one yep i've got still i think i've still got several local i found an old blues patrol cassette not too long ago nice uh, i fished around and found an old walkman and it didn't work very well <laughs> well, it's still cool. It's still yeah. cool to have. And, you know, and, and getting back to what you said about buying music when you go see a local band, that's really important. That's, that's kind of giving the lifeblood to those artists that they need to just sustain. You know, buy some merch, buy a t shirt, buy a sticker. If they have records and you got an extra 20 bucks, buy a record. You know, and especially if you were there and you appreciate what they're doing, because what little money comes in, that comes in through merch is is a uh, it's not a lot, but it's critical. Yeah, and really, you know, puts in a little bit of gas in the tank, uh, an egg McMuffin in their hand the next day. You know, whatever it makes a difference. Yeah, if uh, if you want to get a little taste of the music that they're going to be on this new whatever. You've posted a couple of songs, Sisk Boomba and High, High Crimes and Misdemeanors. I think you've posted both of those. Yes, uh, sir. Um, Sisk Boomba. That's an older song, and you've been playing that one for a while. Uh, it's about two years now okay. from inception to today. I still think of it as newer because it hasn't been recorded. 
um, right up until the last few months ago, we were still working out some little, it, it was in the, uh, the chop shop where we kept, you know, arrangement issues. How is this going to go there? Because, you know, playing it live is one thing, but when you're actually committing it to how it's going to be preserved for posterity's sake in a recording, it's, it's a different proposition. Yeah. So it still feels really new to me. Yeah. Um, but, but we were familiar with it. So we went in and recorded that first. Um, maybe, and, I, maybe I heard y'all play that either when I came over here and heard you play or one of the time, one of the few times that I've seen you play live. Could well have been. I, I mean, seems it, like I remember that. I didn't remember high crimes and misdemeanors. I really like that one. That's a new one. Um, I, I made that one up and wanted to hurry up and get it out while it's still relevant. Not that what we're dealing with is going to go anyway away anytime soon, unfortunately. But I just wanted to uh, take advantage of the of the of, of the topics at hand, and it was a message that. You know, it's not an overly serious message. I mean, you can't be completely earnest when you're talking about wieners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to inject a little humor into, uh, you know, what is actually uh, a serious thing. And Humor seems to run throughout most of y'all's songs. Try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's purposeful, you know. It's, a lot uh, of humor, a little bit body. I think body fits with a lot of your songs, fits in with the ragtime gypsy grass. <laughs> uh, certainly, um, a little bit. We're we're not full on family friendly entertainment. Uh, I mean, we could be and we should be. Um, I raised my kids around it. Yeah, <laughs> it turned out all right. But you know, I mean, it's not over the top. You know, just blatant crassness. But there's a little bit of tongue in cheek and a little element of the risque to it, and. And I guess, truth be told, there is some crassness uh, in a couple of the tunes, but it's all in good fun, and, you know, we're not, yeah, we're just trying to bring some smiles out there and yeah. not keep it oh so serious, which is kind of kind of a necessary thing these days, mm -hmm. you know. Well, I saw you where you'd posted, I think you posted today, that y'all be doing some shows up in northwest Arkansas. Yeah. July and August. Um, July 19th, we're going to be at this lovely cider house called uh, Black Apple Cider. No, Black Apple Crossing. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> BAX for short. Yeah, it's Black Apple Crossing. You can uh, find it on their Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, and it's a cool cider house in Springdale. And uh, this will be our second show up there. And uh, it's cool, man. We we play um, about a two-hour set starting around 8. There's no cover. And and we do keep that one a little bit more on the up and up because it is an all-ages thing. So we're not going to embarrass people in front of their kids and say inappropriate things for that, you know, whatever. We just go and see and read the audience and play accordingly. And then uh, after that, we're going to head on over to Fayetteville and – play kingfish which is a uh, this real funky outdoor venue um i believe it's on dixon street and i'm really looking forward to that we've had two previous uh, engagements there they got rained out because it's outdoors so you know usually within 24 hours you could tell if it's a go or not and so we're hoping this time july 20th it sticks and so uh, we're going to be July 19th, July 20th in Springdale and Fayetteville. 
And then we're going back to Fayetteville to play a new place to us, uh, Smoke and Barrel, on August 30th. And really excited about that. So we're trying to branch out a little bit. And cool. You know, go see some new places and new faces. Yeah. So all you Northwest Arkansas folks, get out and go see them. Please. It'll uh, be a good time. Now, I do want to ask, you had mentioned uh, you're going to have carpal tunnel surgery. Is that going to affect those shows? Well, <laughs> hmm, I don't know. You know, it's, I mean, I, I had double knee replacement surgery last August, and I still your, your made warranty, shows. Your warranty's expiring. Yes, my, war- <laughs> my warranties are all expiring, man. It's kind of all hitting at once. But if the double knees didn't slow me down, I'm hoping that the carpal tunnel procedure won't yeah. slow me down. I mean, uh, the ortho doc said about two weeks, and then I should be getting back to normal activity. Now, I don't know what he considers to be normal activity, but I was really clear that, you know, what I do hobby-wise and fun-wise, you know, playing hours of guitar, I, I need to be able to do that before the 19th the 20th and the 30th so he seems optimistic i'm hoping for the best um but it's a wait and see approach well you you can always still sing and you've got you've got a lot of you said you got multi-interest yeah yeah. however you say that word yeah (laughs) multi-instrumentalist we may have to do a tweaking if it gets to the point where because a lot of the songs kick off with uh the chord progression that the song's written around and that's something that i do on guitar but it wouldn't be a big stretch to reinvent the intro with uh, a piano or or whatever, mandolin, any, yeah. you know, just kick it off. And then I could vocalize and the guys definitely, you know, when you have five awesome musicians playing together, you don't really notice if my guitar is not in the mix. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that we're going to make do and... Well, who knows, man? We might decide I don't need to be playing guitar at all. <laughs> it's better without it. So, well, I, I, I hope it works out. Yeah, man, me yeah. too. Um, I'm hopeful because it's it's been a it's been a a worsening situation, and now I'm at a place where you know I, I have about 30 minutes of good time playing before my hand goes numb and it's painful. I can't really, you know properly chord and do what needs to be done so i've put it off to the last minute here i am and if it's been as successful as my uh knee replacements were then i'm going to be great better than ever so i'm excited about it okay i've got a couple other things to talk about i know y'all do quite a few home shows you've started doing those in the last few years i don't know if you did them before but since I've known you, you've done several. I've been lucky enough to come to a few. I've missed a few that I really wanted to come see. Uh, so tell us a little about doing the home shows. And uh, Sure, man. Um, well, gosh, my whole life I've had living room jams, been a part of living room jams. Wherever I've called home, uh, it's been a place where music happened Uh, organically unstructured uh, people just show up bring a case of beer whatnot and it's a party Um, over the last couple of years 
as Jennifer and I put our living area together, you know, as, as I, when I, when I moved in, we got married, we wanted to reinvent this space, um, to something that reflected both of our personalities. And so we moved the TV out. We went and bought some thrift store couches, got some fun rugs, threw in some lighting and, uh, man, this is, you know, acoustically, this room sounds great. It does. You know, it has the vaulted ceilings. I mean, now that you see it in this setup configuration, it's hard to imagine it any other way. It, it begs for live music and performance. So I forget who was the first band. Um, but at any rate, it became evident that, you know, we've got a spot over there where we rehearse, and that's the music area. Uh, we can get a, a – we've had several full-on rock bands just yeah. blowing it out over there. And, you know, you, can, you don't have to have a ton of people. Uh, 20, 30 people makes a real good, um, real good chemistry, real good vibe. Uh, people that play here have really enjoyed it. But, you know, that's how it happened. Um, just wanting to get a little bit more structured as to, you know, when we were going to play. And, uh, and instead of just individual singer-songwriter types, I just started thinking in terms of whole bands. And then the next thing I knew, we had full rock bands coming over and just yeah, building think, from there. I think the first one I came, y'all played uh, Brian Nalen. Um, uh, I would love good. to have Brian over, Brian? but Brian uh, has, he, he's been over and hung out, but we've not talked about a house show. Brian plays so much yeah. as it is, but, you know, I, I, I ought, remember I you had two or three bands. But Goodfoot. Goodfoot, yeah. Uh, Brian Oman. Uh, yeah, uh, we at that time we shared several common, uh, you know, members. Our, our family was mixed with Goodfoot and Big Red Flag, with uh, a few of a few fellas, you know, hanging out in both camps. So we had a nice little partnership going with them, and hopefully we'll get back to that uh, too as they kind of revamp and get uh, geared up again to get back out there gigging. So I love those guys. Um, I've known Brian Oman for years and years, and. Uh, Nothing would make me happier than to get us back together uh, with our bands complimenting one another. Yeah. That was a real good time. Um, but, yeah, that's how that happened. And now we're trying to do about one a month. And uh, we've got Mark Curry coming back for his second appearance uh, July 27th. And uh, we had a, a really good time the last time we had him here. I guess it's been about six weeks ago or so. Yeah, I missed that one too. And uh, just, just what a fabulous performer! I mean, you know, you can't beat a house show environment where you're sitting in such close proximity, and you can hear the sound coming out of the guitar and out of his, uh, out of his face, his voice, and it's just right there. And you know, you know, you're in the presence of of a true artist, a, a real professional craftsman is the word I'm fishing for. And uh, he just told great stories, played great songs, uh, a lot of his own stuff from his CD, uh, Tarrant County, and some choice covers. Um, and then just the stories in between were, you know, it was just top-notch, full-on entertainment. Yeah. Everybody here had a great time, and I think Mark enjoyed it. Uh, at least he's agreed to come back. Yeah. So I'm hoping I'm, so. I'm, I'm hoping I make that one. 
Put it on your calendar. Yeah. I'll send you some <laughs> well, reminders. Well, I had them, I had the others on the calendar, and they just they didn't work out. And if you know any friends or any other musicians in town um, that may not be on my radar, mm-hmm. uh, please bring them to my attention. Because, okay. you know, not only do I want people like, you know, true caliber musicians but it's also good to build community with with people who play but but don't go out and play live they're they're not gigging you know per se they're just kind of what i was for years i was a a, someone who just played um in a room to myself i didn't really share it with anybody and and i find that as people come over and reach over and pick up a guitar they're a little bit you know, nervous at first, but then once they find out, you know, this is a fine, welcoming place, you find out that there are a lot of people around that are making music and playing their songs, and they just don't have a lot of uh, a lot of avenues and outlets to share that with. And so, I'm trying to foster some of that too. I mean, I know there's, you know, it's like an open mic situation. I'd mm-hmm. like to do more of those, like the the friends in the round thing this past yeah, Saturday. That, that was fun. It was, man, and it was exactly what I intended it to be. Organic, free-flowing, not particularly structured. Um, and, you know, Paul uh, jumped in with his percussion, and really uh, some folks got to play with some accompaniment that they don't normally get. Yeah. And so that was real cool. I enjoyed that. And uh, Kate Doss, uh, my friend, who is, she, um, she blew me away. Uh, one of those folks who's just kind of kept this great, awesome, beautiful secret all to herself. So it wasn't that long ago. I've known Kate for years now, but it was just a few months ago that she came over and uh, somehow wound up with my guitar in her hand and said, well, you know, I've got a few songs. Well, it turns out she has a whole notebook full of songs. (laughs) So she was being super humble and shy and you know, it, it, but it is a it's it's a difficult thing to step outside of your shell and share a part of your heart and soul with somebody. You know, yeah. And those seem very personal songs. They they really were. They uh, a lot of a lot of her is in those songs, and so you know it's risky. No, what if people don't like it? It's almost like saying, you know, your baby's ugly or something. You know, nobody, it's a tall yeah. uh, risk to take. But once Kate's gotten out there, it was so well received. I, I think she'll be, you know, I don't know, I, I should speak with her before I volunteer her to do it again. <laughs> but I would expect that Kate will be back uh, doing something like that again with us soon. Cool. Uh, the other thing that y'all have started doing is, You've started letting traveling bands come sleep. You, you know, you've opened up a, a traveling band hostel. It's my free rock hostel. And roll. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> it's a rock and roll B and B. We've been doing that for a, a little over a year now, uh, maybe going on two years. Um, and again, it just goes back to best usage of space. And we have, uh, well, we're down to one spare bedroom now. Uh, but at one point, we had two full, uh, fully loaded bedrooms. Uh, my son since moved back in with me, moved back in with me since then. But we still have a full bedroom, a separate bathroom, four couches. Uh, I've got four or five 
solid uh, Coleman air mattresses that actually hold air. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's it's a chance for once bands have finished up their set, it's one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, they're new to town. There's any number of reasons why a, a, a service, like just a place to crash, uh, can really be a, a helping hand to them. Yeah. And it doesn't really cost me much to do that. The space is already here. So it's just a little bit of effort to reach out and engage them and let them know that the option is available to them. And, uh, and then just blow up air mattresses, get out sleeping bags. And most of the bands, you know, they're professional road dogs. They're already traveling with bedding. So they're happy to have a couch to crash on and um, the bed in there, it's, uh, you know, they do that. And and it's just worked out great. I mean, they get here around, like I said, around 2 o'clock in the morning. I bring them in, introduce myself because I don't know them. Most times I don't. We've never met until if I go to the show, uh, I'll meet them there and introduce myself and say, hi, my name is Dean. I'm hosting you tonight after the show. But I don't even, I don't even go to all the shows. I'll just tell them porch lights on, I'll be up when you get here. So get them in, introduce myself. I've set up the kitchen so there's a coffee maker for them. Let them know where the things, it's kind of like a hotel room where everything's laid out and it's obvious where things are and what they are. And uh, I make the sincere uh, request that you just please make yourself at home. And um, they have always been super respectful and uh, just a, a awesome guests to have. So, you know, they, they come in, want to get them hooked up with the Wi-Fi password, and they just kind of, you know, chill out. And, you know, after a gig, you, you know, your nerves, can, you can be a little bit wound up. So yeah. it's nice to have a quiet place. And I, can, I can imagine. I'm wound up after going to the show. You know, when I go home, it takes a while. Yeah, it's a... Uh, you know, I, we perform, too, and, I, you know, when I, I'll get home around 2, and... It's around six or so before I actually retire off to my quarters. But uh, so there's a little bit of a buzz, you know, that you kind of have to let the adrenaline and all the energy, and you know, from the from the audience, you know, kind of ebb a little bit. But you know, they'll come in and chill out, make sure their needs are met, and then I go back to bed. And in the morning, get up, if, especially if it's during the week. Uh, Jen gets up pretty early, and I get her off to work come back home and a lot of times they're still just crashed out so just as they slowly wake up and get around get coffee ready if they have time uh, I make breakfast uh, provided you know it's pretty typical standard fare bacon or sausage scrambled eggs toasted McMuffins yeah and uh, and hot coffee so and I enjoy that that's fun because it's in the morning time uh, that I actually get to meet and visit if if I haven't met them previously. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're hanging out with someone for the first time and it's, you know, the morning is a very, uh, it's a personal time. You know, it's not when you're at your best and want to be around people. So I kind of just try to read them and whatever they're receptive to uh, and engage them accordingly. But I've had some great visits if they didn't have to get back on the road and can hang out a while over coffee and breakfast, just have a chat about whatever, yeah. you know. It's, I like that. I've met some wonderful people and made some good friends and I've had several bands that, uh, that you know, they've stayed here 
you know, more than once and know that if they come through central Arkansas, whether they're playing a gig or just traveling en route somewhere else, then trying to get on the map that, you know, if I'm able to, uh, they have a place to stay here. Cool. Yeah, that's been that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay, so what are you listening to right now? What, what's on the What's on the oh, turntable? Oh man, Since you like vinyl. We'll We'll talk turntables. <laughs> uh, well, the turntable is probably. Um, it's, it's the new Vandaliers record, which they stayed with me uh, a couple months ago. They had just started their new tour. Uh, I think it was their second night when they stayed. And, you know, some bands, uh, I don't ask for anything, I don't charge for anything, but if, but if they drop off a, a, a CD or a record or a sticker, I, I don't argue, it's awesome. But, um, yeah, giving this a listen, and it's outstanding. This might well be in your uh, something that you've picked up as well. I don't think that I have. I'll give them a listen, though. Man, they're really and good. Uh, I'll, try to, I'll try to put some links at the, you know, in the... In the podcast notes on some of these different things that we've mentioned. And They've got that uh, nice hybrid, you know, and I hate the overused terms like Americana, but in this case, uh, it actually works. And, but with a little bit of a twist of Tejano, um, Corey plays trumpet. So if you like that old classic Johnny Cash sound, like Burning Ring of Fire, they have elements of that. Cool. And um, they're good friends. Uh, Josh, their their main song maker upper, uh, is good friends with the old ninety sevens. Yeah, dude, Rhett. I don't know. Yeah, don't, I don't want to get his name wrong. He deserves better. It is Rhett. Yeah, but I can't yeah, think of the last the, name. But the other one, <laughs> old ninety sevens. Yeah. I got. Yeah. But you know, if you like uh, if you like those guys, you'd totally love them. Cool. And, uh, that's what I've been listening to lately, and and I've enjoyed watching their uh, travels. You know, they moved out of here and boogied on over to Memphis, and now I, who knows where they are? But yeah, just knowing that, you know, I got to share one little snippet of this great adventure that they're on, and uh, and it, it really makes the music all the more special to me as a, as a listening experience. Cool. Other than that, in broad strokes, um, you know, Spotify is, you know, it has its pros and cons. Uh, from a fan point of view, it's just staring up into a star-filled night. You just can't see and listen to it all. So I get the chance to indulge, you know, a little. You know, I love Western music, but I also like a lot of other things that aren't tr- typical Western styles and Spotify you know, it gives me the chance to listen to a lot of Latin jazz, um, different uh, different projects centered on um, certain parts of Africa and different kinds of percussion and percussion instruments mm-hmm. around there. So it's a uh, yeah, I listen to a lot of a lot of different stuff, and ultimately it comes out in in the music that I make. You know, yeah. it's kind of like a Play-Doh factory, and all these little wads of dough get shoved in and then cranked down the press and out. So, well, I've been listening to uh, well, there's several ones that I've been listening to uh, since uh, one of my favorite artists, John Kilzer, died mm, yes. in March. Spotify just put "Memories in the Making" and mm. "Busman's Holiday" as first two CDs out there, so I've been listening to that a lot. 
and then Dolores Reardon, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, from the Cranberries, they they were working on an album when she died, and they had it mostly done, and the band finished it, and so I've been listening to that a lot too. Uh, In the End is what it's called. Very melancholy. Uh, I knew that... that there was quite a bit of work done uh, prior to her passing. But yeah, now some of it you can still tell that it was probably the demo voices. But sure. But it still, I mean, you know, still sounded Even her great. demos are awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know. So, yeah, I'll be giving that a whirl. Of course, John kills her, man. I, I remember him from, you know, the 90s. And, uh, I used to see him. Of course, Red Blue Jeans. Anytime he came to town. They played yeah. the old Juanitas all the time. Yeah, he was regular there, and I, I saw him several times there too. And uh, we might have been there at the same time. It, you know, very well. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's a it's a small town in a small world, and so there's no doubt our paths have crossed on some level somewhere around here. But yeah, you know, I, I really I can't say that I was his biggest fan or anything like that, but 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 I did enjoy his music, and I respected him as an artist, and. You know, to hear that he was getting geared up to release a, a new oh, he uh, did. record after all this time, and was getting ready to, to go too. on tour, I guess, and or at least play some shows, mm-hmm. and then you know to 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 pass away like that in the midst of all that is just uh, I don't know, it's rough. Yep. Can't imagine. And then I've been stuck on this one since I bought it. I, I can't get away from it. And we talked about about him earlier. Uh, Mark Curry's uh, Tarrant County. I just keep coming back and playing that one. Well, it, it deserves to be uh, held in such yeah. high esteem. I, I like it better and, every time I listen to it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's so well put together. Uh, he's record, he recorded that with Mark Colbert at Capitol View Studio, and the quality of that uh, recording is what. Uh, is is a big reason why I sought Mark out when we were getting ready to make our choices. I mean, Little Rock has a wealth of riches when it comes to recording studios. There are some really good ones um, around town, and but you know, Mark's record, uh, Tarrant County, spoke to me for what we were looking for quality wise, and you know how they did it. <laughs> But I, I bet he'd be thrilled to know that you're that you've got it in regular yeah. rotation. <laughs> I do. I can't get away from it. <laughs> I, I kind of hear your dogs. I yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. There must be a siren wailing yeah. somewhere. They're just. Uh... Well, I, I don't know what else to say yeah. about that, man. <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> I could go over and yell at them, uh, but then you'd have me in the background yeah. going, "Hush now." Well, I think that just about does it for tonight. I appreciate you again coming on and talking. And Man, happy to. Yeah. Um, glad to get an inside look at the, as to how this whole podcast thing actually works. And you've got a pretty good, pretty cool little rig here. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Stumbling along. Awesome, so. man. Well, um, yeah, Mark, thank you very much. Yep. And, uh, and we'll be talking again because... I've got an idea for you. And we talked about that earlier off 
off microphone or off show. I don't know how you. Alrighty, brother. Yeah, but good deal. Okay. This next segment I mentioned earlier in the broadcast is where I sit around with the family and we discuss uh, the books that we're reading. In this episode, it's me, my wife Diana, my daughter Letitia, and my granddaughter Rory. This started out as just a sound check to test out the different microphones, but I was enjoying the the way the conversation was going, so I, I went ahead and pushed record. So we'll join this conversation after it had already gotten started. Oh, and by the way, Rory has discovered she likes talking in the microphone, so she kind of dominates this one. I hope you enjoy it. I think I know this one. Well, so my favorite book series would be Harry Potter. Yeah, that's what I meant. But and I, I knew think, it was going to be Harry Potter. I think my favorite book is Tiny Beautiful Things. I'm in the book series, <laughs> but I forgot to say it. Who What's wrote, your favorite story? Who wrote Tiny Beautiful Things? Cheryl Strayed. What's it about? It is, a, so she um, was a, communist? Like Ann Landers only Dear Sugar, and so people would write in questions and she would respond, but they weren't like your normal etiquette responses. They were really personal essays that are beautiful. Like long essays? Long, yeah, like... Like the short ones? Some, are, some would just be a paragraph or two, but some would be several pages. But so, it was beautiful and life-changing. So are you reading anything now? No, not right now. Why not? You're always reading something. I am, but I have downloaded several books from Kindle lately, and none of them have been good. Like, I've downloaded the samples, they and none of them have been good. So they I've should not write found a, another one that I want to actually read. They should write a fourth, fifth, and sixth Harry Potter and keep on writing like the series. Well, they did. They wrote seven. But now she's done. Yeah. She's I only really thought you done. had the three. Oh, no. I just have the three illustrated ones. But there are seven books. And I have all of them. Okay. I've never seen them anywhere. But <clears throat> they are on the bookshelf in the living room. Where? They used to be on your bookshelf in your room. I have baby pictures of you with them. <laughs> I mean, I've looked all through that bookshelf. I've never seen Harry well, Potter books. I will show Unless them to those you. three. No, I will show them to you. Then there's the play, The Cursed Child, but I don't consider that canon. It messes too much stuff up of things that she already said were what happened. Okay. So, babe, are you reading Changes anything too right many now? things. Just sort of right now. But I recently read Where the Crawdads Sing, and I have tried to get her to read it. So you Oh, yeah, that is also sitting on my bookshelf. (laughs) I should read it. I did try to read 
um, Practical Magic that I bought you, and I love that yeah. movie, but I do not like the book. So really? you yeah, I don't it? find any of the characters likable. So you finished the Crawdads? Hmm, I liked it. Yeah, where the Crawdads sing is a tough, tough, wonderful read. I thought you were still reading it because we haven't read in a while, and I didn't think you. No, I've read. I've read a couple since then. I just can't think of what they are. I mean, the writing is really good. Mm -hmm. I just think the people are kind of awful. (laughs) Is it like? Does it look like typing kind of right? Yes, it does. She means the characters are not such good people. Yeah. I know, but I meant for the words. Yes. Like, does it look like they typed them out? Yes, they, 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 they typed them out. She didn't handwrite it. <laughs> and it is very well written. Well, you need to read For the Crawdad Sing. And then we can talk about it. Okay. Especially with your background with... Yes, I should read yeah. that. Sherry Jo just read it, and she also really loved it. Yeah. Ooh, I, ha- I did read um, <coughs> the Guernsey Potato Peel and Literary I Society. I never What's could that? get into that one. Oh, I loved it. What's the... Um, it is about a tiny town in... Um, well, an island off the coast of England that got occupied during World War II. And afterwards, a writer becomes friends with some people on the island. They become kind of like pen pals, and she gets to learn about them and all the things that happened during the occupation. And they had to meet in secret. Yes, they had to meet in secret. And they broke the law and they met at a friend's house and had a big meal. And they got kind of drunk and forgot that they should be sneaking back to their houses. And they weren't. They were talking really loud. And so the Nazis caught them. And so to cover themselves, they pretended that they were a book club. And... Also a potato peel pie society. Yeah. A potato peel pie. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of um, food, and they didn't have sugar or flour, and so one of the men had made a pie out of potato peels um, that wasn't very good. But you'd ha- you would have to read it and know yeah. a little bit more about what happens during war. Yeah. I <laughs> get why it wouldn't. Yes, that's yes. true. It's made out of potato. <laughs> but you don't get why it's funny. So anyway, that's a really good good book. I liked it. Well, I will try it again. I tried reading it back when I was taking care of mom and mm-hmm. having such a oh. hard time concentrating on anything. So. Yeah, no, I can see that wouldn't yeah. be good. Like uh, my grandmother tells says to tell you she's sorry. Uh-huh. I haven't gotten through that one yet, but I will. Just have you seen the movie? The movie is great. Um, no, I haven't read it. I mean, I haven't seen that. 
And I told you about one once that was, I think it was called Paper Things. This girl and her brother are hiding out to get away from, you know, so she doesn't have to go into the foster system. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, you did, and so I didn't want to read it. It's so good. Sometimes yeah. I just don't want to be sad about my job. Yeah. Yeah, it'll <laughs> break your heart, but it's really good. I wish I could find some of the others. Well, maybe for next episodes, we'll. Yeah, I'll have to make a list. <laughs> Write it down so I'll remember. Well, I'm reading Alice by Christina Henry. What's it about? A book that Letitia got me a couple of Christmases ago. It's a kind of retelling of Alice in Wonderland. All the characters from Alice are there. But I'm still in this description from somebody that I, I read online. It's like if Tim Burton got together with Quentin Tarantino and said, let's write a book together about <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. I agree that, with that. That yes. pretty much describes it. Have you read I it? I have not read all of it, but I did read a good chunk of it before I bought it yeah. to give you. <laughs> it's, it's very dark. It's very violent. Uh I did see a bunch of reviews that warned of triggers. It's uh, there's a lot of uh, violence, sexual assault. It, yeah, not very good people. But I will not be reading no. that one. It's a. Uh, it did not seem like a your kind of book. No. But it, Tim Burton and Quentin Tarantino writing a book together does sound like that. that. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm about three fourths of the way through, and uh, I'm enjoying it. They're after. Alice and a guy named Hatch, who has murdered a bunch of people with a hatchet, are on their way looking for the rabbit. Uh, for Alice to kill him, or to kill the rabbit, because the rabbit's the reason she was in an insane asylum. And this has feels lost like her, a conversation that we her, should have had Rory leave the room for. Probably, probably so. <laughs> well, I've been listening. That's good. I've been listening to like a bug hitting the window. We, we will. We will be more careful in future yes. episodes. We yeah. can talk about some of the books that that she and I have read together. Why? And she's getting close to the age where we can share some of the books that I read with my class. When I was teaching, I'm looking forward Ooh, to some of those. You can read. There's a boy in the girls' bathroom. Yes, yes. Our pet cemetery. No, no you cannot read pet cemetery. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and there was another but one that was one of your favorites. There's a boy in the girls' bathroom is one of my favorite books yes. of all time. It's one. Of, oh, and Maniac McGee. Yeah. <gasps> yes. And because of when Dixie is on the shelf right in here. So we'll get to that, except it will break your heart in some places. So we will have to. Wait until I'm like in fourth. <laughs> well, maybe. Or maybe like halfway through. Because you've third. already read Tales of the Fourth Grade Methane. And... Sure. Yeah. I need to find you some Wayside stories from Wayside School. Yeah, you... I watched those. I think I left all those in my classroom. I know, I know you. I saw it on your iPad the other day, but there are books and you would like them a lot. Yeah. 
books are always better. Except well, for if you the flip through the pages, it's kind of like a flip book. I can tell. Uh, <laughs> well. What? <laughs> so it's better because it's kind of like a show. You can just watch yeah, what they do. No, you, you see it in your mind. <laughs> I can tell about when we read Pippi Longstocking, and you were a little bit too young for it because you cut your hair like Pippi Longstocking did. <laughs> so I put that book away. But I think I cut my hair before before we got to that part. No, no, <laughs> no. But that's okay. You were really little. Like you're older and wiser now. <laughs> like five, six, or seven. I was one of those three. Yeah. <laughs> You were like four or five. You might have been five. And remember, that was like right before my recital. Yes, it, yes, it was the day of the day dance of. recital. That was fun, fun time. Yeah. <clears throat> I got creative with the hairstyle. It was very uneven. <laughs> And then we chopped it off real short. That was a cute haircut. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah, you did. At, at the, the time. time. At the time. I don't really like it now. I like long hair. Yeah. Well, it is long. I now. like when, like, I would lean back, it would go all the way down to, like, my knee. Oh, <laughs> I don't know that it's ever yeah. been that long. Like, at least down to the end of my spine. Okay. If you lean back. Okay. Other books? What? Um, the Tales of Wolf Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. Fudge is kind of <laughs> funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he believes he is a bird. He does. He he doesn't anymore, but he did Remem- for a while. Remember when he jumped off the platform of the playground and went, "Look, I can fly. I'm a birdie." Mm-hmm. Then he knocked his tooth out, and Sheila was in charge. She got surprisingly, she didn't get in trouble, and yeah. um, Fudge's brother did instead when Sheila was in charge. Yep. And now you're reading, Sheila. otherwise known as Sheila the Great. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. I think this pretty much wraps it up for okay. this episode. Uh, hopefully, next time we'll get Natasha to, to join us. Uh, She's trapped Stephen can join us if he's reading any books. If he <laughs> if he wants to be on a podcast, <laughs> we'll see, we'll about, see that. about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll, so we'll see. Okay. Me and Tasha can talk about tiny beautiful things. Okay. It depends if he feels good or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. true. Okay. You need to read something new between now and the next time. Okay. Okay. And I need to read more of otherwise known as Sheila the Gray. Yep, you do. Okay. Thank Mm y'all. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy the show, uh, share it with your friends. Uh, Join our Facebook group. Uh, We're also available on Spotify now. Give us a like. 
Drop us a comment on whatever platform you listen to us on. I'll be talking to you later. Bye.